Hello, and welcome to Nathan Lott's Apple Thoughts. I took a little break to finish out the school year, but now it is summer, I have more time, and I am back to podcasting. Well, this past week was WWDC, Worldwide Developers Conference, Apple's big developers conference where they have their keynote to start it off. And I wanted to briefly talk about my thoughts about the new operating systems that are going to be released. So we have iOS 15, iPad OS 15, Mac OS 12, Watch OS 8, and the new TV OS. I forget which number that's on. So let's talk about some of the things that they announced and some things that I'm really excited about. Live text. So this is kind of an on-the-fly OCR, optical character recognition of any text in any picture. So if you take a picture with text behind it or of just text, you will be able to copy and paste it and put it into a document. You will also be able to interact with it. So for example, if you took a picture of a restaurant and they had their phone number in the sign, you can tap on the phone number and call the restaurant or look it up in maps or wherever. It's great for photographing whiteboards or in my case, maybe teacher anchor charts or other text and then automatically get the actual text from those pictures. I heard an excellent use case listening to iOS Today today and A student who is reading a textbook could take a picture of the textbook and have that text that they can use as a quote or a cite in their research. Make that stuff so much easier. So if this works like it did in the demo, it will add a great deal of convenience to a lot of text-based photography and how you interact with text. Similarly, you can look up what is in a picture. So if you take a picture of a dog, it might tell you what breed the dog is. Or a landmark like the Washington Monument will give you more information about the Washington Monument or about that landmark. There are already apps out there that try to identify plants. And if this is any better than those, and that will be really cool. I have trouble believing some of the results that these plant apps give. So it'll be really interesting to see how accurate this stuff actually is. Shortcuts on the Mac. This is the part of the keynote where I out loud said yay when I was watching the keynote. Shortcuts make automating easier and it's coming to Mac. And they're not getting rid of the previous automation systems like Automator or AppleScript. Those are gonna continue working side by side. Although Apple did say that it's going to be a the start of a transition. So probably eventually they're going to be using shortcuts completely and then phasing out Automator. 
And this is one area where I will definitely keep an eye on. And it will continue my desire to learn shortcuts and keep working on this area of Mac automation or all ad automation between all Apple devices. I'm really excited about that one. There's some easier multitasking and slide over on the iPad. I liked how one side of the screen slides over and it lets you pick an app on the home screen that you want to have in the other side and then slides back with your two different apps. Also from the app picker window, so when you double tap two times on the button or when you slide up, if you have a iPad that doesn't have a home button, then you can drag one app on top of another app in order to create a split view. You can also use shortcuts to create split views or slide overs. So there's going to be many ways to create multitasking and slide over and split view on the iPad, as well as the little menu bar that appears at the top. I think you'll also be able to do it with uh, keyboard shortcuts if you have an external keyboard. Really is starting to look like windows on a desktop. So you could have mail on one side, your notes on another side, and then you can double tap on the mail and it brings up a third window overlapping those two other windows. Really is interesting where they're going with that. Widgets on the iPad. You've always had the widgets on the, the side and now you'll be able to put them on the home screen and any home screen you want, just like you could on the iPhone last year. They also made a lot bigger widgets that will take up a lot more space on the iPad. And I have completely filled my iPhone with widgets. So I'm really into this new widget f future. Although I never really liked widgets all that much when it was dashboard on the Mac. But now that it, it's just right in your face and it's right on the home screen on iPhone and now iPad, it's going to be a lot better. They also put App Library in the dock. So you'll be able to tap a button in the dock and get all of your apps. I'm a little ambivalent about this on the iPhone. It's kind of hard to get there, just swiping to the very, very end. And they put them in their own categories. But it's also nice to get all of your apps in alphabetical order as well. Universal Control. This was an amazing demo. So he had a iPad, a MacBook, MacBook Pro, and an iMac. And he was able to take a design that he made in Procreate on his iPad Pro using the trackpad on his MacBook MacBook Pro and he got the image on his iPad dragged it onto his MacBook Pro and then dragged it onto the iMac that was right next to it and so the 
mouse cursor could go between the three devices as well as you can drag and drop between all three devices. It just looked amazing. As usual, I can't wait until the fall to check all of this stuff out. I'm not a beta person. I don't like to install the betas and I don't have any extra devices to do that safely. So I will be waiting for the release versions coming up. Next, I wanna talk about some new hardware that I've gotten. And we'll start with the Apple tags. I ordered a couple of Apple tags with my initials engraved on it. When you take it out of the box, you have to pull a little plastic tab and then you'll hear a little chirp and a window will slide up on your phone to activate them. On one of the tags, the plastic broke off and I had to figure out how to open up the tag to get to the battery. I probably need to learn how to do this anyway so when I can replace the battery when it needs to, but you p basically place your thumb on either side of the AirTag and start moving it in a clockwise direction, just moving your thumb, and eventually the back will come off. I was able to remove the broken plastic tab piece and then moving my thumbs counterclockwise put the back back on. I could hear the chirp and the little slide up window on the iPhone appears. And that's when I could start setting up the Apple tag. You assign the tag an object that you want to locate. So I have one on my keys and on my wallet. I bought a loop holder keychain on Amazon for much cheaper than Apple sells. And I bought something for my wallet too. The wallet one is a little bit thick. So I just decided to put the AirTag loose in one of the pockets in my wallet. And it's not really loose, it's very secure in there. And it may bulk the wallet up a little bit, but it's just the size of the, the tag and not this full wallet sized like credit card thing, but much, much thicker that I ordered from Amazon. You access your tagged items through the Find My app. I have one marked wallet and the other marked keys. You can play a sound so the tag will chirp and you can follow the noise. This tends to work better if you've lost items in your house. The other option is to find nearby. And this brings up an arrow pointing which directions you lost your last item is. But it only works when you're pretty close to the item. If my keys are on the other side of the house, for instance, I will just get a fuzzy circle until I am close enough. I guess it's through Bluetooth LE. And then the arrow starts to appear. That's why I say that the sound is a little bit more helpful in listening for the little chirp. And it certainly is loud enough to hear. I have not lost my keys or wallet while being away from home. It should be able to ping other people's iPhones and show it on a map where the item is. Then I could put it in lost mode. But I am always misplacing my wallet and keys, so I think this will be very, very handy. I wish they made something small enough for glasses, but I don't really want a huge air tag hanging off of my glasses, so I'm not gonna put it on there. I also got an Apple TV 4K, the new one. 
I haven't seen a lot of difference between this and my Apple TV HD. It is a little bit faster. But basically, I wanted an Apple TV for the living room, for the main TV, and that's where I put the 4K, and one in my office, and that's where I'm going to have the HD. But I'm waiting on Monoprice to deliver a new HDMI cable so that I can plug it into one of the monitors I have in my office. The biggest difference is the remote. It would be nice if the scroll wheel worked like the old iPods and let you scroll between apps fluidly, like just moving your finger all the way around the wheel to scroll between apps. But it seems to only work about four steps at a time. So between four apps, and then you have to move back to the top and do another four apps. That's a little bit lame. I wish it worked more like the old iPods. It is a little thicker, and the buttons seem to be really responsive. I don't use the volume buttons because my TV is hooked up to a receiver with two 27-inch speakers. And not to the TV speakers, so the volume button wouldn't work anyway. The Siri button is now on the side, but I rarely ever use the Siri button anyway. I haven't played any games on it yet. But that is something I definitely want to try out. I also got a second HomePod Mini so that now I have a stereo pair. It didn't work at first, but as soon as I reset the original HomePod Mini, they found each other and now work in stereo. And they really do sound nice together. There's a setting when you set it up and in the home app to connect them as a stereo pair. And it asks you to decide which one is on the left and which one is on the right. Once you do, then it all sets up very nicely. And now it is time for my app of the week. And that is Fantastical. It is a free app with in-app purchases from Flexibits. It is a calendaring app. Premium is $4.99 a month or $39.99 a year. My favorite part of Fantastical is the natural language entry. I have a keyboard maestro macro where I enter in who I'm going to be subbing for, what school, what time, what day, and it outputs a sentence like Jane Doe at Gray Elementary on August 22nd from 7.30 a.m. to 3.10 p.m. And each part of that sentence is parsed out. The calendar entry is Jane Doe. The location is Gray Elementary. The date is August 22nd. And the time is 7.30 a.m. to 3.10 p.m. On iOS, I have a similar shortcut that will do the same thing. But you could also just straight up type in all of that information into a sentence, and it will parse it out into the different areas of the calendar that you need filling out. And that is my favorite part of the app. It integrates with Apple Calendar and Reminders, on the Mac, it lives in the menu bar, but it's also its own separate app as well. So if you want to see it, the big view of the calendar, you can do that. And it'll show you the calendar view and a list view of all of your events. It can also show you all of your reminders. The premium version gives you weather from AccuWeather as well as what they call interesting calendars. So you can add TV shows that you like 
and it'll put place them on the calendar. Phases of the moon, stock information, special holidays like Jewish holidays or things like that, and a whole lot more. Even like sports scores and sports channels and things like that. When different games are going to be. So that is fantastic, Hal. And that is going to be it for this week's episode. If you'd like to contact me, you can go to the website nlat.me and leave a comment on the blog. Or you can email me, nathanlott at icloud.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.